Real athletes, real stories. We're back with another interview. We're a little early again this week, but I can't complain. Your girl has been put busy and blessed. I just finished wrapping up the Texas High School State meet last weekend. It was a hot three days. I'm not gonna lie, it was a very hot three days. But man, the energy in that at that track meet was like unbelievable like it was giving conference championship vibes especially with the times you cannot tell me texas is not the most competitive state when it comes to this check and field stuff like argue with your friends <laughs> but i just i'm still in san antonio texas right now i got a chance to stay a couple extra days to spend time with my family i haven't seen them all year so i've been just living in the moment just soaking up all the love and all the food <laughs> that they have made for me but my next event I have coming up is going to be the Diamond League Prefontaine Classic Meet, which is at the end of this month, May 28th is the first day. I do plan on giving y'all a bonus episode of me just recapping my experience, letting y'all know the job I have, and just letting y'all know how the meet went, so be on the lookout for that. Also, I got some more big, big, big news coming up, but I can't share it yet. You got to stay tuned to be in the loop. But without further ado, I do want to introduce our guest this week. This woman here is just phenomenal. She won her first NCAA championships indoors this year in the 60 with a time of 7.09. She's an eight-time Sun Belt champion. She just ran 10.88 and 22.4 last weekend. Like, she is definitely a rising star. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce y'all to Miss Melissa Jefferson. Hey! Hey! How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm pretty good. What you What you do today? <sighs> I have practice, and I went and got some sushi and stuff after this, so I'm chilling. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Was it like a light day or a hard day today? Kind of tough. I did some splits. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm so <laughs> excited to get started. So I think we should go ahead and begin. So the first segment is called The Real You is nothing too serious. It's some cool, funny questions, okay? Okay. Okay, so the first one, what is your favorite social media platform? I would have to say it's Instagram. Okay. Yeah, it's Instagram. Okay, I, I, it's mine too. <laughs> but I don't know because I've been seeing my people been starting to fake it on Instagram. Have you been oh. that way or not really? Uh, I don't know. Sometimes it be going too fast. So then when it gets to be too much, I just go to Twitter. Until they get to be too much, I just be like, all right, it's time to take a break. <laughs> yeah, 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 I feel that. Okay, so hobbies outside of track. Um, hobbies outside of track, so, what's that? I actually used to sing a lot. Um, I don't as much as I used to, but, you know, of course, taking a shower, taking a car ride, stuff like that. So, I mean, I like to sing. I like hanging out with friends. Um, I still like reading. So, okay. I mean, so like as far as singing, like what artist would you say you kind of relate to as far as like your voice? Hmm, my voice. Like you know, like what type of song? What type of song do you like to sing? Oh well, um, I mean, I'm I'm not I don't have like a certain type. I'm more so focused on like the way the, the music sounds as a whole. So like if I if I like really vibe with it, then you know that's that's pretty much what I go with. I can pretty much listen. To Okay, okay. So if you could choose indoor or outdoor, which one would you pick? <laughs> um, so when I first got to college, 
school. Um, but now that I've went through a whole full season of indoor and outdoor um, since last year, I would kind of say in the moment, I can't really choose because while I'm in indoor, I like mm-hmm. indoor, but you know, there's nothing like being outside. Yeah, that's a fact. No, I feel it. I feel it. I mean, you gotta kind of mm-hmm. do both your way. So, yeah. okay. So, most embarrassing track and field experience so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the most embarrassing track and field moment. Um, it was my freshman, my two freshman year. It was my first uh collegiate meet. Actually, it was at the University of South Carolina, and okay. I was gonna run. I was gonna run the 60, the 200, and the 400 that day. But my coach said if I ran something good in the 60, then I wouldn't have to run the 400. So I get on the line. I'm in the first heat, right? The first Mm -hmm. heat is the first race of the day. I get in the block. The lady says set. I don't hear the gun go off. So I react like, I didn't start moving until like everybody was like five minutes in front of me. So I just got up and started running. And I ended up passing somebody, but I still ran like 808. And so it was like, oh my gosh. And I'm just running through the line. I'm like, man, I'm about to get buzzed out. And then he got to me. He was like, what happened? I was like, I didn't hear the gun. Long story short, I ended up, yeah. Long story short, I ended up running the 400 that day. And I was very upset. (laughs) First of all, how did you not hear it? I don't even know. So it was like, when the gun went off, it was like, but then when you heard the next heat, like when you heard the gun for the next heat, it was like uh-huh. loud. And then he got upset like once he realized that. But at first it was just like, they probably ain't tested out. They probably ain't tested out. They did it. They did not. They wrong for that because they made you run a 400. They did. And that 400 hurt. I mean, it hurt. It hurt. <laughs> okay, so let's go to your most memorable track and field experience so far. Mm. I have a few. Okay. So I'm going to start off first with um, last year at conference when I ran the 200 and I broke 23 seconds. I ran 22.96. That right there is a moment I'll forever cherish because mm-hmm. uh, for me, I felt like I, I kind of had like a breakthrough. Um, and then this year, of course, uh, when I ran, when I ran 17 in the prelims, it was like, whoa, like I didn't realize that I went out there and did what I did. And then obviously, you know, I won the national championship, which that was, that's like unmatched. And then yeah. um, I would have to say running or competing against Alistair Felix, that was, that was very, um, you know, something that I cherish as well being that she's my idol and I grew up looking at her. And then of course me this weekend running ten eighty eight. So Girl, you (laughs) got a lot going on. (laughs) No, but that Alison Felix moment I know was so special because she's about to retire. So like you know you you're not you know you're not pro yet. So that even the fact that you had an opportunity to run against her, that's that's like that's tough. That's tough. It, It is because like it's so crazy how me and my family, like, we'll always talk about, you know, what if you get to run against her one day? Da, da, da. I'm like, Ma, really? Like, come on, me, run against her? Like, what are you talking about? And then it actually happened. You know, it was like, wow. That's know, how God like, works. So yes, let's go that into my next That's how he works. So going into my next question, was you starstruck? Have you ever been starstruck? Mm, 
I was when I found out I was running against her. I found out um, right before I started my right before I started weights on that Thursday before the weekend, and so I was just like, okay, all right. I had my little moment, like my little fangirl moment, because at the end of the day, it is Allison Felix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was just like, all right, and then I kind of just settled down a bit. I was like, all right, I'm good, and so I went out there to compete, and that's what I did. Yes, I love that. Cause girl, I ain't gonna lie, I was a little starstruck when I met her. I was, <laughs> like, hey. I was like, "Hey, Allison." She probably think I'm such a weirdo, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you what do you think your biggest misconception of people other people get of you is? Um, I would I would say I wouldn't really call it a misconception, but a lot of people don't really they've never heard of me before like mm-hmm. honestly I'm kind of like the new kid on the block you know no one really knew who I no one really knows who I am except for you know like of course my hometown and things like that but mm-hmm. um I feel like if I had to name that as a misconception I, I would say that's pretty much it because um you know like once you get to know me like I'm I'm a really cool person I, I would yeah. say I'm a pretty cool person you know yeah. I'm nice I'm I'm very I'm very humble. I don't take credit for everything that I do because I know that I haven't gotten to where I am by myself. Yeah. So yeah. that's pretty much how I go on about life and just how I am as a person. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, <laughs> so I do a little digging. So can we expect any more 400s from you in the future? <laughs> okay, so I don't know about open fours, maybe four by four. We'll see. Okay. Okay. If, if, if you do see me run a 400, I'll definitely be on a 4x4, four four, not, you know, I would actually cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so for those who don't know, y'all, we are live with Melissa Jefferson. So give us a little bit of your growing up. Like, how was it growing up in Georgetown, South Carolina? Um, so I grew out in the country part. Well, Georgetown, Georgetown, South Carolina itself is a small town. Um, mm-hmm. And I grew out in the countryside of it. I came out of a small community called Dunbar. Um, okay. I went to, well, as you know, well, my high school was small as well. It was named um, Harvard State High School. And so growing up, I was always a part of, I guess you could say I've been like an underdog all my life. Growing up in a small community, coming from a small town, going to a small high school. You know, it's just kind of, it's just kind of, I feel like it shaped me into who I am today because I literally took that and me being an underdog gives me the chance to, you know, go out and conquer the world in any way I want to every single day and just prove to everyone else, you know, like it doesn't matter where you come from or how small the places you come from. If you put your mind to it and you have the God-given talent and ability to get things done, nothing can stop you except for yourself. And so that's pretty much how I went about, you know, growing up in a in a small in a, or a small community and things like that. And so I would always do good, you know, in high school when I started running high school track. I was doing good for my level. Um, okay. My school was like we fluctuated between. We went back and forth between 1A and 2A each year. So in South Carolina, that's like really small. Like my graduating class was probably about, it was probably about 90 of us that graduated in my, in my um, senior class. So mm-hmm. it, 
you gotta get the picture of the schools and things that I was running against. I would always do well against them. Um, didn't really get a chance to run against a lot of bigger schools, like especially during the year. I did, however, um, I was blessed enough to come in contact with the coach in my my freshman year of high school. His name was Deshaun Miller. He had mm-hmm. um, competed at Classland University. He did, I think it was like he did, he did pretty much everything while he was there. And so he had that experience with, you know, being on the collegiate level. He was not fresh out of college, but he was like, he had a little bit of years under his belt. So he knows like, you know, the different techniques and and steps you needed to take as far as, you know, getting someone on my level, well, you know, that's not really looked at or don't really have like a lot of experience knowing the certain tools and steps to take as far as to get me to where I need to be. And he was the one who actually exposed me to um, running summer track. So I did junior okay. Olympics for, I think I, I, did, I did junior Olympics from ninth grade. I did it for like three years, so ninth, tenth, and eleventh grade. Um, and then it was like it was—I won't say it was a culture shock for me, but it was definitely an experience that I will forever cherish because I've always—I've never been a prideful person, and I always know, like you know, as long as I'm running, there's going to be someone out there faster than you, which is the drive that keeps me going to you know keep getting after it every single day. Um, but actually being in that environment and knowing that, or you can actually visually see or be in races, you know, where people are beating you, like actual, like, you know, putting gaps on you and things like that. Right. Um, it really put things into perspective for me. Not saying that, you know, I can't do anything or that I'm not capable of doing the same thing that they are, but they gave, they actually gave me the inspiration to, you know, want to, want to get better. Um, and me actually doing summer track made me realize how much I actually love to run. And um, I pretty much went through that. Uh, I was state champion in high school. I won the four by one. I was on the four by one team. And then I won the 100 and 200 my freshman year. And then I won the, the 100 again my senior year. Um, and I will say, like, I didn't do... So I didn't do summer track. I did summer track my 11th grade year, but it was, uh, I will say it was kind of rough because um, I don't know if you do know, but my dad, he was sick in going into my senior year of high school. We found mm-hmm. out well, basically the summer of my junior year that he was going to need um, to get a bone marrow transplant. And mm-hmm. ironically enough, I ended up being the person who was his donor. And so that was something, you know, life-changing for our family so you know going into my senior year there was a lot of things that I had to put in perspective so instead of you know reaching out to colleges and things like that as much as I should have been you know I was making sure that things were squared away or my family me and my family were making sure things were squared away with my dad and things like that so my senior year of course there were schools that I was talking to but there wasn't a lot I only went on two official visits I went to Winston University and then, um, I, of course, I went to Coastal Carolina, and, which is so crazy to this day because I always said, you know, that I would never go to Coastal because it was so close to home. But once my dad got sick, it kind of opened my eyes for me, and it was like, okay, you know, not saying, not wishing any more sickness on him, but I want to be close, close enough to where if something does happen again, you know, I'm right there and I'm not 
live five, six hours away from home and, you know, things happen, unfortunately, and then I can't get to where I need to be. And right. I will say, being that when I went on the visit, I went reluctantly. I will say this. I don't know what drove me to. Now, hindsight, looking back at it, it was <laughs> it was God. I will say that Definitely. because had I went on or had I based where I went to school at off of my visits, I probably should have chosen winter. I'll, I'll be honest to say that. But mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It just felt right. And then I ended up at Coastal. And now I see why. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. Clearly now you know yep. But yep. Girl, you just said a lot. So, like, first of all, <laughs> Let me just go back a little bit. So you said about being an underdog. So like, you know, you've always been an underdog. So like, now that you kind of like getting some shine, like, how does that feel? Like, do you like it or do you not like it? Like, how do you feel about it? Um, I have mixed emotions about it. <laughs> I I say this all the time. I actually am a shy person. I can talk a lot, as you can see, but I'm a <laughs> shy person. And so mm -hmm. sometimes I won't say that I dislike the spotlight or okay let me hmm, let's see how I want to work this I am very blessed and you know I'm appreciative of the fact that you know people are now recognizing what I'm doing yeah and they're mm -hmm. like like they're actually respecting what I'm doing and you know that that's something that I do appreciate um mm -hmm. as far as being in the spotlight though I don't know if I too much like it because I'm I'm used to being in yeah. the shadows and I feel like that's where I work my best. Not saying that I'm not working my best now that I'm in the spotlight. You know, I'm going to continue yeah. to get after it. But it's just, um, it's just different. I just have to learn now how to go about different things. And, you know, like, even sometimes being on social media, like, I'll cut out, I'll cut out um, as much time as I'm on social media versus how much I used to be on there. Because, you know, now, like, I could be scrolling on Twitter one day and just see a, a post about me. And right. it's like, you don't know if it's going to be something positive. You don't know if it's going to be something negative. And so mm -hmm. I I try to keep, you know, I have my time on social media, but I also like to limit it, too, because at the end of the day, I need to focus on doing what I what it is that I love and that's running. Yes. Okay. So going up a little bit about your, your dad and you being a donor, first of all, I think that is like, dumb brave like that's so brave Thanks. of you to like step up and <laughs> do you. that for your mm -hmm. family like were you afraid and like how long was like the healing process for you um it was I would say at first I was um a little nervous but it was kind of like an instinct thing for me it's my dad mm -hmm. I want him here for a long time and mm -hmm. I'm gonna do what it is that I need to do um so Thankfully, they have different ways at um, getting the bone marrow in, so they didn't mm -hmm. have to actually go into my bone marrow and, like, do it that way. They did it as if it was an, um, like I was getting a blood transfusion done. So I had two IVs in both wrists, and um, the one on this hand, it took the blood out, and then it went into this little machine that would separate the blood from the plasma, and then my okay. cells would go into the little clear bag and that's that's basically how they did the the transplant um i will say it was kind of rough i had to do these um basically they gave me like medication well they called them injections but it was medication to like get my actual stem cells flowing into my bloodstream so it'll be easier to get to and right. i had to do like 
12 injections two twice a day for like five days, including the days that they did the actual um, donation. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the main thing I was worried about while I was doing that was like the side effects and things like that of the medication because um, like, of course, like you have your, you could be like fatigued or you could have like back pain and stuff like that. But the main one I was worried about is nausea. Or, or like being nauseous because I yeah. you know I can't <laughs> I can't do it. But um, luckily I didn't have that. I did have some some back pain. It was kind of painful at times, but it wasn't like too bad or anything. I just tucked it out. Um, but is the process really took like two days or no? It took it took three days. And, wow. Um, mhm. It took three days. Um, but it was like I was in like outpatient care, and we did it at um. The, med- the medical university in South Carolina down in Charleston, and so they had they had it set up to where because I was still 17 at the time, so they set oh. it up to where, yeah, so they did it to where I could get it done in the um in the children's hospital because I was still technically a minor, and yeah. then they set it up to where I could stay in the Ronald McDonald House for free. So that part was that was very yeah that was good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Dang! Wow, that's so crazy. I feel like that's something you're gonna hold on to forever. I know that's something oh, that yeah, you're gonna definitely. Definitely. Wow. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. That's such a crazy thing to experience. Okay, so just like you said earlier in the interview, your first sixty meter race didn't go the way you planned it to. So, like, right. when do you feel like you fell in as a sprinter? Like, when do you feel like you was like, okay, I'm actually a short sprinter? Um. Well. I always felt as if I was a short sprinter. And I will say, when I first got to college, uh, first of all, I didn't know that Coach Goodman was going to be my coach. So we came in the same year. And oh. I remember walking up to the office looking for another coach, and he peeked his hair around the corner. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, you wasn't a part of this deal here. <laughs> so right. um, the first day of practice, conditioning, I went out there and I died. We did a circuit, 90-degree weather, in the middle of the field, no shade, no none of that out there just dying and I'm like mom I don't know if I could do this and she's like Melissa she's like you here for a reason I'm like okay mom so I went out there every day and then my mindset was just go out there and try not to die every single day (laughs) so I told myself that for Mm -hmm. pretty much the fall semester and then I don't know one day it just kind of clicked and I was killing the workouts that we were doing you know I was able to keep going for reps and reps and reps. And I was like, okay. And so, but in my coach's mind, uh, he put, we didn't have a lot of short sprinters my, the year that I got in. So I would train with the long sprinters. And so I was keeping up with them in the workout. So if I'm keeping up with the long sprinters in the workout, oh, that means you could, you could be a long sprinter. And so his, his fourth why he put me in the 400 at the first meet. So I'm sitting here like, yeah, I'm not about to let you turn me into no 400-meter runner. And so um, the meet after the South Carolina meet, we went to Liberty. And so he told me if I run sub-7-6, that um, he'll stop trying to make me a 400-meter runner. I said, all right, bet. <laughs> so we went out to the um, Liberty meet, and I went out there and ran 765. And as he would like to say, the rest is history. <laughs> Hey, shout out to you for uh standing up not want to be a four hundred runner. I did the same thing, girl. I say, oh, I'll be a more oh. oh, oh my god, oh my god, and four hundred yeah. for every meet. Yeah, no, two four hundred in one race. Like, I mean, in one meet, no, I can't do it. That's 
I'm not a real one. I'm not a real one, and I'm sorry. Like, that's just not for me. So, moving on. Moving on into your career. So, 2021 Outdoor National, that was their first national meet. So, Mm -hmm. you didn't even make, you didn't make the finals. So, like, what was your biggest takeaway? Because clearly, you took something away as a 2022. Um, I remember feeling how I felt after, after I ran the 200. I was upset after I ran the 100, but, Mm -hmm. um, after I ran the 200, um, I did, I, you know, had my emotions or whatever. And I remember feeling how I felt. And I said, I never want to feel like that again. And to never feel like that again, I'm going to make sure that I put myself in a position to where that's never going to happen again. And so that's basically how it went going into this season right here. Um, I actually lifted. I took about, I probably took about two weeks off just to myself, and then I was back in the weight room getting stronger, and I knew that was one of the, that was one of the most important things that I needed to work on was my strength, and so I got after it. I was in the weight room three times, three times a week during the summer, um, and, you know, not really doing, like, a lot of running or anything, but just getting stronger. I do drills here and there, but it was just, it was just about me, you know, getting my strength up, and, making sure that once I get into the, once I get into conditioning, that mm-hmm. part, I can, I'll basically be further along to where I can get my numbers up quicker. So yeah. That's, that's really where I started at. And then the running, the running just, it just clicked. You know, I've pretty much, I've been doing um, this, this type of training now going on three years. So it's basically programmed in my head. I know how bad it's going to hurt. I know when it's going to hurt. I know when it's not going to hurt. And so mm-hmm. I just, I just go at it, or I just look at it like that. Right. So moving on, you got your first national championship. Now mm-hmm. I saw the Trey Cover Trey Cunningham last week because he got his first national championship. And one thing we talked about was like, do you feel like you lived in your moment? So like getting your first national championship, do you feel like you was able to like just take a deep breath and live in your win? No, I no. don't feel like that. I don't. Can I tell you though? Can I tell you though? Yeah. Everybody yes. around everybody around me has been has want me to have that moment to myself where I just bask in it and realize that I've done what I've done. But I feel like because I know that there's a whole outdoor season in front of me, yeah. my mind is not gonna let me just sit right. down and and yeah. Well basically like sit down and acknowledge what I've done. It's like I know what I've done, but I don't mm-hmm. understand the magnitude of what I've done. I it it hit, it comes and goes sometimes. Like it hits me and it's like, nah, that ain't really happened. <laughs> That's what? really how it is for me. Yeah. It's it's I won't say it's bad, but it's like I don't know. I I do know that once it once it does hit me, like hit me in in the right way. Okay, I won't say this though. Um it did hit me a couple of weeks back, but it hit me I feel like in a bad way. Uh, of course, you know, they called my race an upset, you know, because I wasn't a favorite. I wasn't even technically, technically speaking, a mid-major. I wasn't supposed to be at the meet. I wasn't supposed right. to make the finals, especially the heat that I was in. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people, well, I won't say a lot of people. I know that some people might have felt as if, you know, that it was a fluke or, you know, that, you know, I just lucked up and won. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day... All of those, all of the girls that made it there, including myself, we worked really hard to get there. 
And I feel like, you know, everybody has a fair chance at getting across the line first. And I feel like I put in a lot of work and I put myself in a position in a position to where I told myself that I shouldn't be denied again. And that's just how I went after it, you know. And so I feel like um, going or being after that race happened and I won, I kind of found myself um, feeling like this unspoken pressure. And mm -hmm. it was kind of like, you know, people are going to be looking at me like, oh, well, well, she won indoors, but, well, can she do it outdoors? Because, you know, of course, everybody knows 60 meters is different from 100 meters. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that's not that strong in the, um, you know, beginning of their race, but the end of the race is where they shine. Is where they shine. And I'll be the first to say, I pretty, I just got good at my start and stuff like that. You know, I just yeah. started piecing it. I just started piecing it together. Um, like this is me being in college right now and going through the changes and things that I've been going through, like with my body, with my training, you know, the way I eat and things like that. Like, this is all, I won't say it's all pretty new to me, but just going through the seasons and knowing the certain things, like as far as like recovery or, you know, just telling, communicating with your coach, like, hey, I need mm -hmm. to, you know, I need a day to where I, I can let my body just relax. So instead of doing like my hard workout, I'll just do a shakeout or something like that. Like, this is all still kind of, you know, new to me. And so mm -hmm. I feel like that unspoken pressure was, it was kind of getting to me because it's like, I know that I can do what I do. And I know the people around me know what I can do, but it was, it, it's almost as if, um, like I was feeling the pressure of, you know, outside people. And I'm, I'm not one to really, you know, pay attention to what other people have to say, because at the end of the day, you know, people are going to talk until, you, until the day you die. They're going to be talking mm -hmm. about you after you die. But it's like, I don't know, in that moment, I felt it, and I and I didn't like it, and it was kind of, I won't say it was kind of scary, but it was kind of making me question, like, okay, Melissa, it's like, well, what did you do for, what did you do to start thinking like this, you know, like, right. worrying so much about what people think about you, and it's like, you've never mm -hmm. been like this, so why put yourself in this predicament where you're thinking again, and then I just had to sit down and realize, you know, at the end of the day, I'm human. I'm allowed to feel what I feel. And, you know, I feel what I feel for a reason. It's not It's not just, mm -hmm. you know, oh, me, hallucinate. Oh, nobody said anything like that. You know, that may be true, but at the end of the day, I know I'm not feeling what I'm feeling for no reason at all. And so, but I just had to have a moment, you know, to myself to where I just relax and say, hey, you know, you came this far by just minding your business. You know, doing your mm -hmm. workouts and listening to your coach, and so that's what I'm gonna continue to do. And so after I've had, after I had that realization with myself, I kind of was like, okay, you know, this is where I am. I'm just gonna continue to do what I do, and then let the rest be the rest. Right. Facts. You deserve that win. That's what I want mm -hmm. to say. Cause like, what? <laughs> people, yeah. You know, people love to just be in the background, just be in the oh. background, saying a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Wow, but let's move on. So, going on the outdoors, you just, I think you just secured your eighth championship, conference championship, right? 
Yeah. Can I tell you, I did not even realize that it was that many until you posted it on the on the post that you put. I was like, wait a minute. I went eight times. <laughs> like, wow. Girl, I had to count up like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so you just accused yep. your eighth, your eighth champion, your eighth conference championship title mm -hmm. with a 1088 race yeah. first of all i love your reactions like Thank what do you, you. <laughs> be feeling in your moment like can you just describe to us like how you what your reactions mean um my reactions i will say are very genuine um sometimes i like to say it's not that i don't believe in myself but like say for instance somebody would tell me i could run 10 i'd be like yeah i could run 10 you tell me I can run, go out there and run 10-8 this weekend? Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. Right. I'm Like, I'm still training right. through the meets. Like, you know, in my mind, I was going out there anticipating, you know, maybe me run another 11-0, sneak in a little 10-9. If I run through the line, I run 10-9, you know, type thing. But it's like, I wasn't, like, me running 10-88, it was like, whoa. And so, like, when you do see my reactions, like, they, they are very genuine. Sometimes I don't realize how – I'd be running. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh wow, what's it going to No, they look definitely is. That's why we love them because like it's genuine. Like you could tell, mm -hmm. you just like you really shocked. Like what the yes. type of vibe? Yes. Like yes, it was so fire. It was so fire. Like was that a, was that was that a goal you had written down anywhere, or did it just come out of like? So I will tell you this. Um, at the beginning of every year, I write down easy, medium, and hard goals. And so okay. my easy my easy goal this year for the hundred was to run sub eleven twenty two. And everybody back home knows what that means to me because I ran eleven twenty two so many times last year, like I can't even count and it was like annoying to me to me. <laughs> and so that was my easy goal to run sub eleven sub eleven twenty two. And then my medium mm -hmm. my medium goal I think was my medium goal was to run like eleven one. And then my hard goal, my hard goal was to run 11-0. And then I put in parentheses, even 10-9. And then when I went out to the first, when I did my 100-meter opener and I ran, I went out there and ran 11 flat, I was like, well, <laughs> there goes the easy and medium goal. <laughs> like, gosh, okay. Guess I'm sure about those there. <laughs> Dang. Okay, so you're like one of the most decorated sprinters to ever come across Post the Carolinas track team. So, mm -hmm. did they put some respect on your name? Oh, yeah, yeah, they did. They okay. Did. Now, okay. My, now okay. my people's my people's down here looking out for me. I will say that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Because you got to keep the the loved ones real, real close. Okay, oh, yeah. so we'll get in we'll get in some of these questions in the box right here. Okay. Okay, so we got this one right here. How much did last season play into the success you're having now? Was it the driving force in the off season? Um, yes, it was. Like I said before, um, I remember feeling how I felt after Nationals um, outdoors. And or my goal going into that meet was to make it to final day. And mm -hmm. when I didn't, I was like, in my mind, you know, not that I failed, but I didn't come here to do what I came to do. And so, you know, because you don't go to the National meet. Well, I won't speak for everybody. Well, I'll speak for me. I'm not... Yeah make it to a national meet just to get a participation you know whatever whatever it is like I'm I'm coming to compete you know because mm -hmm. that meet is the best of the best and if you get there you know you're here for a reason you you work really hard to get there so the most the most I would want out of it I, or I want to get 
the most I can out of going there. So I will say, like, um, you know, me having that feeling and things like that, the drive that I have in the offseason, I, I will say it, it did play a huge part in where I am today. Okay. Okay. This is for me. Do you feel like be, going professional is in your future? Uh-huh. I do. I see okay. it. Okay. 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 Oh, somebody said, what's your diet like? <laughs> My diet? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I will say I'm kind of bad sometimes with my diet. Um, but I try to do, I try to do really good, um, during the season, you know, the off season, you could, you could sneak a little here and there, you know, little, little fast food every now and then. But, um, for the most part, I eat a lot of salmon and rice. Um, I like not really a broccoli person. I'd rather green beans and things like that. Um, here and there I eat mashed potatoes. Um, but that's, that's, I guess it's pretty much how it is. I don't really, um, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta work. I'm still working on my diet though. I gotta do better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a good one. Okay. So do you still feel like an underdog from iconic Andre? Good question. Good question. Yes. I still do feel like an underdog and I'll tell you why. So, um, I don't know if you watch race cake. But I watched Race Yeah, Cake. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I and so Race I I watched it last night and um I watched him, Coach Lamont and Track World News. They all picked me to be a favorite for the hundred. And in my mind I'm like, Wow, you guys really respect me. Thank you so much. But then in my in my the other part of my brain is like, Oh no, why did you do that? Like don't pick me as a favorite. Like I like being sometimes I like not being in the yes. And so but I will still say I feel like an underdog because at the end of the day, um, I still go to a mid-major, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to be competing against Power 5 schools, and, you know, Power 5 schools are known for showing up at the big meets and things like that. So I still will say I feel like an underdog, and especially in the 200. So I'm just leaving it there. Okay, that's going on. So our next question, our last question in the box. What mm -hmm. race do you like more, the 100 and 200? 100 or the 200 and why? Um, so this is about to be the most – you're going to tell I'm a short sprinter for real once I answer this. <laughs> okay. I like the 100 meters better because it's a shorter race. <laughs> but um, so I like the 200 – I mean, no. Okay, I have mixed emotions about the 200. But I like the 100 more, but – some people tend to say that I'm a better 200 runner. I don't think so. But <laughs> that's that's how they feel. But I like the – I really like the 100 more because, um, you know, it gives me – it gives me the chance to actually work on each part of my race. So, like, you know, drive phase – or your start mm -hmm. and your drive phase – then your trans and then your transition and then up into your running, and so I feel like a hundred meters is the best way to get that down pat, you know, because say for instance like the two hundred, you know, you have anywhere from if you're a girl you have anywhere from twenty one seconds on back to think about how you're gonna run this race. Um, mm -hmm. Like say for instance you might not be good at the start you might stuck on a curve but then you come off the curve onto the straight like lightning like 
you know, talking people down and things like that. Or you might be the one that starts out good and gets out that first hundred and then, you know, might be, you, you might fight on for dear life. But I feel like the hundred is, you know, the best way to, you know, go through all those phases of your race and like actually critique it. Okay. Okay. So you like the challenge? Mm -hmm, I do. Okay. So I always like to end my interviews off with like some advice you would give to just someone trying to get in the position that you're in or like someone said in the question box to your younger self, just some advice to help you get in the position that you're in. So if you could share something with us. Um, okay, so I would say, well, I start off saying to my younger self. To my younger self, I would probably tell her, um, you know, that the sky is the limit for you, you know, and you can, you'd be surprised at how much you can accomplish just by being the person that you are and, you know, it taking you, being the person that you are can take you a long, long way whether it's you putting in the work, whether it's you just being nice to someone or speaking to someone, you know, it goes a long way and it'll, and it'll take you a long way. And I feel like, um, you know, to everybody else out there, it doesn't matter what school you're at or how small of a school you're at, how big of a school you're at. If you have it in you to be the best person that you can be, then it's going to come out. You just have to get it out of you. And sometimes, and of course, you know, you're going to have help along the way, but as long as you stay, as long as you stay true to yourself and know that you are who you say you are, then you can do anything in this world. Girl, I love that. No matter <laughs> what school you at, big, yep. small, like all that, for real, let them know, like, mm -hmm. you come from anywhere. Oh, that was so good. Well, girl, it was so Thank nice you. meeting you and connecting you with you. We definitely going to have to link up in person. Got to. Definitely, girl. Thank you for coming on my platform and sharing your story. We definitely enjoyed your vibe, y'all. Give her some love, y'all. Follow her. She need way yes, more follow me, follow. she got right now. <laughs> <laughs> not, not plans. No, all right, girl. Again, again. But thank you so much for having me. Yes, no problem. Have a good night, okay? You too. All right, later.